Most stories of success usually focus on a person's highlight reel. In this podcast, those people will share what goes on beyond the curtain. You'll hear about their wins and losses and how those experiences created their grit and determination. There's no such thing as luck. Welcome to Beyond Grit with Robert Young. Hey, everybody. So today I have the opportunity to sit down with my good friend, Melissa Godwin. She is the CEO of Crown Design Group of North Carolina. Um, She was born and raised in Charlotte, so she is a true unicorn. Um, She has almost a 29-year career as an interior designer and a construction specialist. Um, she has does many projects right here in the Charlotte area, but along with doing projects here, she has projects all over the country. Um, one of her latest ones was designing a yacht <laughs> out in Florida. So private jets, the whole thing, <laughs> it was spectacular. So we're going to sit down today and we're going to listen to her story and we're going to have a chat and uh, it's going to be fun. So, Melissa, how are you? Hey, hey I'm good. I'm good. Thank good, you. Thanks good. for having me. Oh, no problem. How was your day? It's been good. It's been yeah. good. Started out at the office, spent some time at a construction site climbing through the dirt. Nice. Went to meet with an architect on a new house and good. then came here. How are architects? Um, temperamental. Are they? Very. Yeah. Creative, fun to work with. Yeah. Emotional. Um, but that's what makes the houses good. So, and most of them embrace the process with interior designers. So it works and it's good to get us involved in the beginning. So, but they're, they are, um, they have to be respected and handled during the process. It's funny because Robert has, uh, from when he was a kid, he was going to be a doctor, you know, and then through early ages in high school, he was going to be a doctor, but then he was going to be either a brain surgeon or a cardiovascular surgeon. I mean, he was going for the top. Wow. But lately he's been talking about being an architect. He's like, so I don't know, maybe he will be one of those yeah. Temperamental. Well, I think that the creative side of them, and that's probably all of us in this industry, like we have that and it depends on the combination you have of that with the business side of your brain. Yeah. And a lot of people who are a high scale of creativity may not have the same emotional reactions or professional reactions with people, but they turn out a fantastic product. But you know that process. And when you get involved with those people, you know kind of what you're in for. Mm -hmm. But you know the end result is going to be great. And then there are other ones that are pretty laid back and like the contribution. So today was is a culmination of nine months of work on a house that we're just now getting to construction drawings. And it's been an up and down, but overall the process has been good. But that's interesting. So when... You talk about nine months, so it's the planning phase of nine months. Yeah, yeah. You know, people think that we're going to get a piece of property and bam, have these plans and away we go. But 
I mean, it's, it's a process. It's a process. And a lot of people that I work with think that the process starts when shovels are in the dirt. And I always say, no, the process starts from the moment that you start designing the home. And the more planning you can do up front, the better result you're going to get because you're going to save time, money, like in, in pre-planning. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, all they want to see is the dirt move. And so it's hard sometimes to say we are in the process, even though they think you're not because you're just drawing or doing other things. But it's always, it's kind of managing that and working with people and say, oh, no, no, you're in the process. You're in the build process. Even though you don't see anything happening on your land, you're in the process. Yeah. That's Where's the house at? So it's Lake Norman. It's a lot of, a lot lot of, Lake, Norman, of Lake Norman. A lot of Lake Norman properties. It It's a fantastic property. It's in my career that's been almost 29 years. It will be the largest home that I've ever worked on. Wow. Yeah. So it's in the architect and the builder have stated the same thing, which is very interesting because these are people... The architect's been doing this for 30 years and the builder are the same. So we have combined a little under 100 years experience and we're wow. all coming to the table with the same comment. Now, is this the first time that you're working with this architect and builder or have you worked with them? I've worked with them before, actually okay. both of them. I've known both of them all 30 years. Okay. And so it's funny because we crisscross on a lot of projects and there's sometimes where I might work on a home with the architect and then someone else buys it and he does the renovation, then I come back. And so, and the builder I've known the same amount of time. And so we love to team up. I feel like it's a really good team and mm-hmm. the clients are very involved. So we're lucky, you know, but when you sit back and look at it, after all this time, we're all still amazed and feel lucky, even though mm-hmm. we talked about the yep. conversation of luck. But we feel grateful to be grateful. involved in something that is so um, significant mm-hmm. and will be, you know, it's been a long process to design it and we still have a long ways to go before shovels in the dirt. But um, it's it's a great, it's going to be a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. So is this something that you've always wanted to do? Growing um, up, like, so we're going to go back in your history and we're going to, we're going to talk about from the, you know, growing up just a little bit, but then what you thought you were going to do, or maybe this is what you thought you were going to do yeah. to kind of leading up to where you are today. So we're going to cover a lot of ground in a short period of time, but, okay. but, you know, I want to know, you know, what guy, 29 years. Okay. So I was born and raised in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Like we said, I'm the unicorn. Some people say you are the one. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, so growing up, I really didn't have an interest in interior design. And when I was younger, thought I would be a fashion designer. Like every little girl would draw pictures of girls wearing dresses. And I think that's what I thought was the norm. But when I was 15, my parents said, you have to get a job. And so I actually got a job at a florist who did a lot of work with local interior designers. And this was dating myself back in the 80s. And back then, silk flowers were really popular. And she specialized in working with designers and would go to the houses they were working on. And the designers would walk her through and say, okay, this is what I have planned for this room and would allow her to design the flower arrangements. And so being young, she used to take me with her. And I remember... So specifically going on one job with her and we walked in and the designer said, 
this room is going to be ice blue, peach, and white and black. And in the 80s, that was like, wow, like this girl, wow. <laughs> you know, and, and it just struck me. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like this, I love color. And at the time, those colors had never been put together. Like peach had been popular. Mm -hmm. But walking away from there, I remember going home and I said to my parents, I was like, I want to be an interior designer. You know, and so from that point on, I had friends that had gone to the University of Georgia. They were older than me, and I went to visit them, and they have a design school there. And you can actually go through two different programs, either the art school or you go, right now it's family and consumer sciences, but that's a little bit more focused on the chemistry of design. And um, was like, this is, for me, this is it. I went to a small private school in high school. And I had 96 kids in my class. And I said to my advisor, I want to see one new person every day that I'm at school, no matter where I am. I want a big university. And so at the time, it was 30 plus thousand. But the design school was only maybe 400 people. And so anyway, so I went to school and I took the chemistry route because my dad is a chemist. And he said, you know, it's good for you to understand the how like the fibers, the makeup and know how things perform. If you understand that part of it, you know, the art and all that will come. Mm -hmm. So did, excuse me, did that, graduated, came back to Charlotte. Oh, so when you went into the University of Georgia, the, the, the art program, was that something that you had to apply for and put art into it or how did you? No, you actually... At the time, so this was 1989, at the time you just applied to the school. There wasn't um, any program for that. But basically, if you went through the art school and the art program, there was a lot of drawing. When you went through the family and consumer sciences, there was a lot of drawing, but they also made you take chemistry, biochemistry. And they also focused on business classes. You had to take business management, macroeconomics, accounting, and so I felt like, and I think I was lucky my parents influenced me. They said, you've got to have that side of it. You can be as good as you want to be, but you need to know how to manage your business. And so I'm grateful because I can still do the drawing side of it. But it was, I think, a lot of the business side that's what has helped me get where I am. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing that they they had that thought for you, Yeah, you know, however many years ago, because... It is. As a young person, you probably just wanted to go out there and design. Yeah. You wanted to do and build and create, but it's a business. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you're not making money, then you're not going to be designing things and doing that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was really good. It was good. It was very good advice. And it was hard. Like I didn't understand it as well. Mm -hmm. But I, now when I look back and whenever I talk to, like I've been a huge proponent of interns and helping students because it will always come back and, yeah. and pay you back for that. You help anyone who asks for it. And I always say to him, I was like, you know, make sure you know the fundamentals of business because I can draw anything on a piece of paper. I can ink anything to look like whatever, but to be able to implement it and understand there's a lot of math in this job, you know, doing window treatments, like everything you do, and especially with being construction specialists, you need to understand measurements, you need to understand terminology. And so that's a specialty that I kind of 
was lucky to fall into early on, but is really my passion. Like mm-hmm. I love being creating houses and building them and going through that whole process with people. And it's a roller coaster, you know, as, as you know, yeah, the up and ups and downs of it are pretty yep. amazing. So when you, and we'll, we'll get to that a little <laughs> further because that's a conversation in itself. Yeah. It was, but so when you got out of college, did you, who'd you work for? Did you go and did, and did you intern through college? So I interned, I did intern. And the interesting thing is I looked at college as a transition mm-hmm. and, um, I just wanted to get through it. And I felt like back then my 18 year old self was like, this is just a stepping stone. I need to get through it as fast as possible. So I went year round and graduated in three and a half years that was my, my goal. Like that, you know, it was, I went two quarters, George's on the quarter system. I went three quarters is the regular year. And I went two short sessions in summer. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to get on to the next thing yeah. to me. Instead of college being the thing, it was just a way to get to the thing. And so my advisor there knew a designer here in Charlotte. And when I was going to do an inter- internship, she wasn't accepting interns but I found out about a store that was, and I worked in a walk-in store and it was nine to five, 30 minute lunch, like a lot of rules and restrictions. And so what's a walk-in store? So the public can come okay. in. So she had a retail store on top of the design studio that existed and she had five designers and it was very regimented. You know, you, you wear a skirt, you wear heels, you do this, you do that. And it convinced me that was what I didn't want. Okay. And so I left there. I learned a lot and I had great experiences, but I was like, that's absolutely not the way I want to work. And so I ended up the, because I got off schedule with going early, I did my internship six months before I graduated. And when I came back, I graduated, my advisor in Georgia said, go back to that designer that I mentioned and ask her. And so I called her, asked her, she worked out of her house and met with her and she said to me, she's at the time I was 21. She said, I think you're too young. I think you look young. Your portfolio is okay, but you know what? I'll hire you because I can always fire you. Huh? And so I left there <laughs> and at 21, you know, I thought my portfolio was great. Oh my God. I, and I wish I had saved it because uh, I, I didn't. <laughs> but I remember going home and I said to my parents, I said, well, I just got a job, but this is the weirdest thing. But it was interesting because I started the next week, I think it was, or something. And she said, I believe that builders are the wave of the future and they need designers and they don't know it yet, but I'm going to get in with all of the builders. And this, of course, was here in Charlotte. And so we ended up basically bringing in accounts like John Whelan Homes had just come to Charlotte and they had a big program in Atlanta where... They had their on-staff designers, but they weren't big enough in Charlotte to have that. So they were looking to subcontract the work. So we're, we said, oh, we'll do it. You know, got paid for three-hour blocks of time. And John Whelan was very much picked from these five bricks, these three paint colors. So it was a good way to cut my teeth because they kept me within a structure. Right. And I could go to the neighborhoods and look, and I would go, you know, and even their staff was very young here. And so they were very willing, the superintendents, everyone very willing to say, okay, I'll walk you around the house. Like, tell me what's, what's the cornice, what's the fascia, you know, all of those things. And so then 
as the business grew, the builders grew, the numbers grew, and the houses grew. And so we we grew up with it. And so it was not like where you got thrown in the deep end. You know, we were starting on $250,000 houses. And I remember the first million-dollar house. Yeah. I remember the first $2 million house. And you keep going. And it's like when you think about it, you're like, Wow. 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 You know, there's a lot of money in this, but the experience, you have confidence and you get through the process, but that's also helped by the architect, by the builder, by the client personality. So that's a, those are important components in the whole thing. So that was amazing that, you know, the forward thinking that she had, she, not only the forward thinking was, but the, come on, kid. Yeah. Come on, kid, but I'll fire you. Yeah. I'll let you know, I'm going to fire you if you're not living up to what you're supposed to do. But you took it and ran with it. Yeah. Well, she was also the one that said, you know what? She said, here's going to be your problem. Like she, she was brutal. Mm -hmm. She said, the builders are going to look at you. The subcontractors are going to stare you down and the wives are going to hate you. And, and that was not because I was, I'm, it's not, I was so beautiful. It it had nothing to do with that. It was, I was young and interested in, in 92, this is 1992, very different world. And she said, you better make sure you make friends with everybody because, and especially these builders wives, which was such a weird concept to me because I was like, I just want to do what I do. I had never thought about that component. But you, you are alone in houses all day with people, clients, builders, all of that. And so it was interesting whenever I would meet people at functions, I would make a point to get in front of them so they would know, like, I'm, I'm working. This is what I'm doing. But that's been a challenge with women in construction. And you and I have talked about that, yep. is that you have to, I feel like I've established myself, but every job site you walk on, there's, and, and it's not, this is not a sexist comment or anything. It's just different. There are usually not women on job sites. And so you, every time I go out, I feel like I have to establish with anybody out there that, um, I'm the professional, like I'm here to do this. I respect your trade or your boundaries or whatever that is to make sure that they know that it's serious. Right. And so that's, you know, probably one of the biggest challenges that I've had. And it happens almost every job site. The one I was on this morning, same thing. And, you know, walking down a dirty hill and trying to get to the basement of the house because the doors are locked, the hardwoods are being finished and watching the Masons and everyone look at me, you know, they're thinking, who is this girl walking down here? But then once I start talking to them, they're like, oh, you know, but, but I still have to present myself and still feel the need to, to say that or establish that so that they understand that, that where, where your role is, where, where my role is. And also that I understand their role in, yep. in, in, in tradespeople and all, and most undervalued industry that I know of is tradespeople. And, you know, I think once you talk to them and they say, Oh, okay, you know, I know what you're doing and you appreciate what I'm doing. Like, it's good, but I still do it every, every job. Do you still, do you ever feel like you're still dismissed sometimes? Or do you, have Um, you, have you gained that, that respect or that, or, or did you ever feel dismissed? Yeah, definitely, definitely felt dismissed. I think that 
Not so much now, but I think that because I know the lingo and being from Charlotte and being here so long, and it's funny, this morning's perfect example is the person that I was talking to on the job site, we barely know each other, but I knew what to say that would let him know that, okay, we're on the same page and it it would be whatever keywords that is in anybody's industry. And once I said, and it was a normal conversation, but once I said that, it was like, I could tell he was like, Oh, okay. Like she, she she's, she's been talking ar- about. or she's been around this or she respects this or whatever. So, but you still, I still spent 20 minutes at the beginning of the, you know, the meeting talking about that and left there feeling good. But I was like, okay, you know, and my approach is team approach. And some, I think some designers or architects or builders create more of an acrimonious relationship where they're pulling for themselves. And you know, my goal is it's a team approach. And when whoever the builder is or the architect, we're working for the client and where the client may be the one that's hiring me. So I'm an advocate for them. It's also, I am very cognizant of the fact that we're all on a team. So if I walk into a house and I see something that might not seem right to me, instead of saying in front of the client, oh my God, like this is messed up. I wait till they leave and then I might pull the builder aside and say, you know, what's happening right here and just see what's going on so that we can either come up with a solution or maybe they've handled it, but they don't, you know, we don't ever want, we want to solve it and want a good product, but I don't ever want anyone to be embarrassed. I don't want a client to feel like they are, um, that there's an acrimonious relationship or it's like, Oh, he did this and he did that. And so it's, it's a lot of great approach. Great approach. It's, you know what? It's served me well. And everyone that I work with, I'm like, we're, this is team, everything's team effort and everything with each other at Mm -hmm. my company, every trade, everyone we work with, because we need each other and good people know other good people. And I'm, I'm at least smart enough to know that I need to surround myself with smart, good people. <laughs> right. Right. It brings everybody up. Yeah, it does. And the clients appreciate that in the end, like they want to be happy. Like they want to love the process. And I always tell them whenever, if I'm called to interview for something or they want to talk to me, the first thing I say is I want you to call my clients and ask them, how did you like the process? Because I said, I can show you pictures of my work. You may not like everything I do because my philosophy has been my design's a reflection of my clients. Like I'm not the designer that you're going to say, oh, Melissa Godwin did this. You can't put my label on it. I don't want you to. I want it to be that. So I always say that. But also we need to like each other. Like I don't need to be your best friend, but we're going to spend a lot of time together. And I know where your pepper is and I know where your panties are. So let's, <laughs> and, and that statement, everybody laughs, but I said, but true. But like I true. said, by the end of the process, I yep. know that. And so let's, let's at least like each other, right. you know? So right. I try to create that in every situation I'm in, you know? Well, okay. So, so where'd you go from, and, and we'll get, you know, I hate jumping, <laughs> this okay. and that, but but it, you know, to form that relationship with somebody that you're going to be with for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you came over and I've been working with you and Nicole and I have been working for years yes. and, it, and it came from a referral from somebody to come over and start, where are we going to put our 
or pool, pool furniture. furniture. Yeah, right. I remember because that. I can't do anything and Nicole doesn't <laughs> trust me to do anything. So we actually had conversations that you were just going to move in and you were going to go in the guest room and, and she would call you out when a decision <laughs> would happen. That's good. That's yeah, good. That would be good. I like that. Um, but when did you go from, from working for somebody to you finally going, I, I need to get out on my own. Yeah. It's time. So that's an interesting question. The structure, the person that I worked with, her structure was always that I was my own business and was a subcontracted business. And um, that was hard to start, mm -hmm. hard, very slow. Like, in, you know, she said, it'll take you two years to get going, which was true because our projects last so long. But I was lucky enough to have my parents support you know, they said, we want you, if this is how success is, we will help you, you know, in these first two years of your career, if you need help. But so I was always my own business and I always operated as my own business. So when I think about that at 21, 22, it's a little bit crazy yes. to think about the, the, it's actually mind blowing to think about the responsibility of that. Right. But then Things changed and that that design conglomerate, everybody who was there worked that way. And there were a lot of changes that that were in the format and everything else, but I really had a life changing experience when it was about twenty, I think twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, and the place that I lived in a condo, the fire suppression burst and flooded. My condo is brand new. And it was Dev it was five minutes to devastation before wow. the firemen got there and everything else. And it was the, the devastation of that, the reconstruction of that, what happened and the stress in my life and everything that was going on. I took a step back and I was like, you know what? Like I need some time. Like I've got to get my proverbial house in order mm -hmm. and, and I got to step back from this. And so I, I went and I said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I've got to take a step back. At the time, I had an assistant and she wanted to go to real estate school. And I said, you know, now's our time exit stage left. Yep. And um, so we did that. And ironically, every single person I worked with called me on my cell phone and said, oh, you're not leaving me. Like, okay. you're not. You know, we, we can't, we'll wait. We will wait. We understand you're going through a lot and whatever point we'll wait. And so it, I slowly came back from it. It was just a lot going on. And Crown Design Group, I changed my name because I operated under a different name. And my accountant, who's very wise, said, your name needs to be more global. Because if you're originally, my name was Designs by Melissa. And okay. he said, so everybody who calls asks to speak to Melissa, whether it's the freight company or whoever. And so he said, come up with a, a better name. And I thought about it. And so I literally was like, okay, I'm from Charlotte. I love Charlotte. It's Queen City. I think I'm a princess. So I'm going <laughs> to name it. I was like, Crown's going to be in the name. Yeah. And it was just Crown Design Group and of North Carolina. So now everybody's like, how big is your firm? Which is not big at all. But Statewide. Yeah. And so the, but the name, the name change was the best thing yeah. that happened because people looked at it differently. And, you know, I, I am the designer there. Like I am lucky to have a design assistant. I have an, I call her my everything assistant, you know, bookkeeper, accountant, all of that. But at the end of the day, it's me. And I tell my clients, I'm like, you're 
it's me. I'm your designer, but I have the backup to help. So I'm out at job sites so much that they can do everything that needs to be done while I'm out there. Mm -hmm. So, so go back to when you kind of had to take a step back. Mm -hmm. Was it ever a, I'm, I don't know if I want to do this or was it just workload or, I mean, what, what happened no, back then? It was, you know what it, so that time in my life, like I had been married and mm -hmm. got separated and built a condo, like there were a lot of life changes and that flood in my house, like I, I was, when it happened was the middle of the day. And fortunately, I was only 15 minutes away. My neighbor called me and said, water is pouring out of your front door. And the firemen were already there. And everything that happened was devastating because mm -hmm. I had built this beautiful place and had come out of a situation that I needed to, to be out of. And I think it was just I couldn't process. I was like, I just need to. It wasn't get away from the business. It was I've got to get this re renovation done. Mm -hmm. It was six months old, get this renovation done, step back. And so, so honestly, I don't feel like I stepped back from the work and it wasn't about the work. It was just that I couldn't do both. And I had this place that was a wreck and, um, needed to handle it. And so, but I was amazed because the email went out and said, you know, here's what Melissa's doing. And, here are the people that can help you. And every single client called me separately and said, no. Um, and it was the biggest reinforcement is they're like, no, we, we will wait. Just let me know whenever you're going to come back. Wow. So, yeah. So yeah. that was an unintentional maybe start of where you are now. Yeah. Like it made you stop, made you gather everything and then become... Crown Design Group of North, North Carolina, Carolina, and away you went. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I yeah. think that it's, you know, I I wouldn't have planned it that way. I would never go I'm back sure and relive all have. that. But yeah. um, but it, it was. It changed. It, and it changed. And then the business, I've been very lucky to have employees and people to help me who believed, they believe in the company. Like, they they don't just work there. Like they care and they care about our clients and they care about our products. And so when you have a team like that, it's, it's a recipe for success. Right. Yeah. How, how long has your team kind of been with you? So I actually, um, my current team has been with me several years. I had a design assistant for seven years, um, who is awesome. And one of my best friends, and she had a situation where she needed to move, out of state because of her parents. And that was, it was personally devastating and professionally hard because she had been with me through everything. And there was such history with the clients newer and everything else. But I was really lucky because I posted on Instagram that we were hiring. It was amazing who messaged I was, me. I was going to reach out. Yep, exactly. You asked me to send my resume. <laughs> That stopped I did. me, but I did. But you know, the the Jill who's with me now, I've known her for 25 years mm. and she's been in the industry, never would have guessed she was looking. And so we know the same people. So it was the best transition ever. And you know, she is an interior designer as well. She's my assistant, but I felt like she stepped into the role really well. So 
Um, and then my other assistant, I call her my everything, Jennifer, is actually my sister. Yeah. And um, she has the job because she's great. You know, some people say it's a family business and we'll say, no, it's not like it's, it's my company. And then the day it's my name and everything else, but I couldn't ask for a better, she's, she's great at her job. She's great with clients and she, she loves what she does. And I'm like, she's here because she's good at it, not because she's my sister. And that's a big differentiation. Yeah. yeah because know? there's a, there's a, a, <laughs> I don't know. It's not struggle. I don't want to say struggle, but there's there's a risk. There's a risk mm -hmm. working with family. Big. Um, big. And you know, I've vowed. You know, the family. <laughs> no, no can do. I love my family. Not working together. Yeah. Um, but but you guys you guys roll. I I love watching. <laughs> I, I love seeing pictures of you guys on Instagram <laughs> and what you do and and Jennifer's fantastic. She, she's I love the way you roll. She's amazing. She is, um, my clients, my vendors, everybody loves Jennifer. They'll ask me, I'll go walk into a showroom in high point at a market and they'll say, how's Jennifer, you know, <laughs> because they have a lot of contact with her. But the interesting thing is when it's a very long story, how she came to work with me, but our parents even said, are you sure this is okay? You know, and we both went into it with eyes wide open. She's the older sister. I'll always make sure I tell everybody that. <laughs> but um, she always says she's like at work, like she's my boss. And we we have our work relationship and we have our personal relationship. And that's really helped everything. And she has great work, work ethic. So, mm -hmm. um, but the interesting part of that, and I know you've met her as Kinsey. My niece is actually in design school at High Point University, and she decides she wanted to be a designer and has worked with me in summers for now four or five years. And so the goal is when she graduates next spring is she will come on to Crown Design Group. Oh. So, you know, it, it's becoming family business, not intention, but, yeah. you know. Is your headphones? Are your headphones, My headphones falling? Headphones are off? falling. Yeah. Okay. Readjust your headphones. Hang on. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Totally not editing this. Okay. Out. All, All right. right. We're back on. Yes. So yes. So that's so the, exciting. The best part of having her too is that I told her when she came to work for me, I said, "This is how I do things. I'm not going to tell you that this is 100 percent right, but it's how I do it. It's my company." my rules. Mm -hmm. And so I exposed her to construction and I said, you know, some designers don't want to do construction. Some designers don't want to do this. And she loved it. Like, thank God she loves it. Like I love it. And, you know, she's, she's very responsible. She's very interactive, but I've been lucky in that I get to groom her the way it's, you know, since she was 15 and here she is 21. Yeah. And so she knows how I like to do things and, you know, it, it's just, it's helpful. And so her transition into our company full time will be easy in some ways, but then also she's walking into a situation where the houses, you know, 10,000, 15,000, 16,000 up square feet, which that, you know, I, I actually, my dad asked me recently about this and her level of help. And I said, she won't be really that helpful for years, but she'll be there for on the job training. And, and you cannot, you cannot be, I'll say, go to a construction site, go talk to everybody, go walk around because those are things that will teach you way more than school or anything else will. 
Yeah. So, so that's a good thing, you know, but I'm realistic in that it'll be a while before she's able to do stuff on her own, but thank God she'll have a lot of training. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a great opportunity yeah. to come in. And I like the, the attitude that you have, like you're my niece, but this is the way I roll. Yeah. And they, you know, and that, that helps with the whole business and family relationship. I feel like, you know, if you know your role, um, I, I work with a lot of friends uh-huh. and those are my clients, mm-hmm. but they hire me. And like, I, I said this today on one of my posts, like they hire me cause I'm Rob. Right. Yeah. But they still want and expect the business. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So you still have to bring it. Same with a family. Like I hired you because you're good and because I know you, but you need to know that this is what I expect and yeah. these are my expectations and we're buddies and we, we laugh, but at the end of the day, I need this. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's funny you say that because the statement I will make is at the end of the day, it's my name and it's me. Like if there's something on the line, like when I go home at night, it's, I have to feel good about what I've done, said, produced, whatever that is. And while I'm lucky that everybody that works with me feels that way, it's still ultimately up to me. And that's why, you know, I was at a job site last week and someone actually made the statement, oh, well, his assistant, well, he didn't take care of it, but I guess I should have been watching that. And it, the client's the builder and I all caught that. And I said, you know, that bothered me because it, the, it is him and in whether his, whatever that employee did. And I can't remember is that it didn't matter because it was his responsibility. And so it was disappointing. Mm -hmm. Like I feel a tremendous level of responsibility to my clients and I know the people around me do as well, but ultimately the, the it's on me. And, and that's probably what drives me to be the way I am. Cause I'm like, you, you want a happy client, like clearly you're in business and you want to make money, but my reputation is worth everything. And I've, I don't advertise. I never have like I've all of what I have has been built through relationships. And I feel like that's more solid because someone can say, Oh, I worked with her on this or I did this. And, you know, as you know, like you got my name from your friend and then Mm -hmm. you've given my name to your friends and they'll say, Oh, so-and-so and so-and-so. And and it's, that's the best part of it. Yeah. Does it, does it keep you up at night? Yes. (sighs) You know, but actually it keeps me, it wakes me up. It doesn't keep me up. It wakes me up at 2am and I can plan something to the T and the day before the installation, I will wake up at 2 a.m. and be like, crap, I didn't think about that. And then I've got X number of hours to solve it, you know, and, and it's weird. And the thing is, this job, you learn you learn every day. I have never stopped learning. I learn something new every day. And what I know is every time that I build a house is the first time I've done it. Yeah. It's the same theory, but every single house we do is different. And that's why I kind of brought that up because... You know, it's helpful for people coming up, you know, in whatever whatever industry it is, is that everything is, like you said, you know, at the base, it's kind of the same, you mm-hmm. know, you design, I sell houses, 
it's it's the same, but there's there's times that you go through and you work with different people and different personalities. And I'm always trying to challenge myself, like you're trying to challenge yourself. Did I did I do the right thing there? What could I have done differently? Did they, you know, and that's what keeps me up. Yeah. And it's the same with you, like, oh, I should have done this, or I, I need to change this. And and then just refocus and go and do it. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. Don't dwell on it, but it does keep you up at night or not keep you up. It wakes me up too. It, it's like two in the morning, I'll pop up and I'm like, what could I have done? Yeah. You know, or oh, did my, I do it? You my know? best ideas come in the middle of the night. And yep. I, I, years ago, I worked on a um, an office for a race shop for a NASCAR owner. And I was really struggling with the vision of what this office was going to look like because I'd worked for him personally for, it's been now 16 years. And so I knew what the house was like. And I knew, you know, the race shop has certain requirements because of, you know, they call them partners or sponsors who I can't remember the word they use now. I think it's more partners than sponsors. And I just couldn't figure out what this was supposed to look like. And I literally... One night sat up in bed and I was like, this is exactly it. And I wrote it down and I went into a meeting because with them, it was the owner and basically a t- his team and having to present to people who look at it very technically and explain the vision. And it's it was 95% of what I said that day, but it it was probably two months of thinking about it and trying to solve it. And I just, I couldn't. And it, it's weird. It's almost like all of a sudden it comes to you mm-hmm. and you're like, I have this idea and, and sometimes, and they're selling involved. Sometimes they're selling like, yeah. I got a lot of looks kind of like the look you're giving me like, oh yeah. But then, you know, you, you establish that trust with them and say, you know, trust me, this is going to look good. I want you to feel good about this decision. Like I'm never going to twist someone's arm. I want you to feel good going into it, but I'm going to give you that boost of confidence. Like, I really think this is the right thing. So um, there's still, it's it's new every time. You know, I think I've gained confidence, but there's still those moments where you're like, oh, no, what am yeah. I going to do? How am I going to do this? All right. I love it. I yeah. love it, though. Yeah. But it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you moving and it keeps it you does. moving forward. Um. So as you're going through this journey, kind of to where you are now, um, what has been, I guess, you know, what's been your biggest struggle or did you feel it at times like we, we might not make it or did you ever have any? I, you know what? I never felt like I wasn't going to make it. I have been, um, I was always very confident in my decisions and where, what I thought of, but I was also... Very Like I always look forward, always look forward. If you start looking back, then, you know, it's, it's going to get in your head and it's going to affect the way you move. And so the, like the hardest thing in my career lifetime was when 2008 and all Mm -hmm. of those things happened at the time I actually worked for two different NASCAR drivers. And so if in that instance, disposable income, because a lot of people who had a lot of income, then, you know, presidents of banks and things like that were losing their jobs, but athletes kept on going. And so I was one of the designers that the two houses I was working on were large. They were two year projects. And so they were committed. And so 
while I saw everything going on, it was job security. But, um, you know, the, the struggles, it goes up and down, but somehow people come into my life in the most expect unexpected ways. And, and again, I'll use you as an example is the person that gave you my name. I worked for his parents 22 years ago, 24 years ago. And if you had told me then I would work, I've worked for both their children, their children's friends, you know, and it, it was that you never know where the bridge is going to lead. And you never know when someone says, I need a stair runner. One of my most famous stories I told you, someone said, I just need a carpet stair runner. And we go down this path of six figures and all these things that I did with their house. And he will to this day joke and say, that's the most expensive stair runner I've ever bought. Yeah. But you treat everybody because you never know. And and even if their job isn't big, you never know who they know. And so I try and I try to make a connection with everyone when I meet them, you know, is figure out what is their interest or what so that we can somehow connect on a personal level so they can see that I care, Mm -hmm. I care, I care professionally, I care personally, but can you relate to me? Can you spend a year and a half with me or whatever? Can you go through a renovation, which is a terrible process for the homeowners if they live there? And so you've got to make sure that they're still happy to see you when you walk up to the door. You know, it's funny. I'll I'll take it back to, you know, 2008 and and the project that you were talking about. And um, I was reading a book and it it talked about situations that people were in at that period of time in their life and how that situation propelled them to be where they are today. Yeah. Um, And if they weren't there, if they were born a year before or a year after, they would never be in that situation. So for you to go into 08 and 09 and be on those projects. Yeah. I mean, that was, we're not going to call it lucky, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to call it, you were fortunate, fortunate you know, to have very. those, those projects that, that bridge that gap to where, because builders were going out of business, yeah. they're bankrupt and people, and if you were working just with the builders, I, it, who knows? It, it, it would have been devastating because yep. there were builders that I knew who lived in very nice homes, very nice cars that were getting their houses foreclosed on, repossessed. You know, and and watching that, you know, I guess that had an effect on me. In that, I try not to. I've watched how people live like that, and I live with the expectation that it it could end tomorrow. I don't fear that, but I also know that, you know, the economy is up and down. So you hope as a business owner that you fill your well so that there, and in construction, there is protection against that, you know, so with the projects that we're working on right now, like there's two years of stuff in front of us. And so it doesn't make you stop wanting to work on new things, but it's that, you're committing to the clients and they're committing to you and you say, okay, we're in this and they're going to build this house and it is a lot, but you know, it's going to be there every Mm -hmm. month. You still have that no matter what happens in the world. Generally what happens in the world, there are places that things will change, but generally for I'm in the wants business and the luxury business, not in the needs. And so that definitely changes in the economic climate they generally stay in the luxury. So what, you know, are there, what are the struggles today? Um, is it, 
And not, and not so much struggles as prof- being, uh, you know, professional and moving forward as that, but um, delays, um, Oof, yeah. getting stuff and building supplies and things of that nature. Like, how do you, how do you explain to the customer that it's, it kind of is what it is? Um, it's funny you say that because that's basically what I tell them. Like, we, we try very hard to keep everybody abreast of what's going on. And through COVID, we never closed a day. We, as construction, we were deemed essential. And so I did, the only modification I made was because the process was longer. Like normally I'll go and meet a customer at a house. We'll make selections. I'll come back, translate that. At the beginning of the pandemic, people were very scared. So I was dropping things at doors. We were having Zoom meetings. So one step was now four steps. And so the wheels turned a little more slowly, but they were still turning. And so with my company, I said, you know, we our official hours are 7.30 to 4.30. We went to 8.30 to 4.30 because I was like, okay, we can take advantage of this. But we... I still, I, I work longer hours. I still work at home on the weekends, everything else, but the, that has been a challenge. And then as, as it has evolved with the pandemic and turned into freight issues, like the, the freight, the challenges of freight and material are way more than the production was because factories were having to run on lesser crews, things like that. But now it's very unpredictable. And so I will tell clients, like, I'm telling you the information as I'm told, but I'll be honest with you, that could change tomorrow. And perfect example is a client, we ordered a breakfast table um, three weeks ago, and they said it'll be in in November. And that really doesn't meet our timeline. So I'm trying to plan X, Y, Z, like what happens there. And then today we got a notification from the freight company that there's a bill of lading and it's on its way. Oh. And so I sent him a message. I said, I can't explain it. Like maybe I need to buy a lottery ticket today because this is very different than, and, and we're seeing that frequently yeah. where the information is not accurate. And I don't know, I don't know how to solve it other than just tell people like we, we, we tell you things in real time and, and we've seen it move up and we've seen it move back. And so, you know, there is a big advantage to buy American you know, here, because if it's produced here and made here, there's a lot more control over that. Like, and if we had to, like we have some custom work going on in Ohio, we could send a truck up there if we needed to and not rely on the, on the, Gus (laughs) just came in. (laughs) Gus is becoming a popular podcast guest. Yes. So. So, you know, so, I mean, there are different advantages, but I try and tell people, you know, this is what, we're, we're facing. And all I can say to you is that we're going to tell you what we know. And no, I think that's good being upfront, you know, with with the clients and we've been through it and eventually, (laughs) eventually you just get used to it. You know, eventually it works out because it it was funny. We, we've got the light in there and, uh, Jennifer said, you know, it'll be here, I don't know, in May. And I was like, May of this year? May of 2022. And it caught her off guard and then she got it. And yeah. I was like, I don't know, it is what it is. But but there aren't a lot of clients that 
you know, say there, it is what it is. There, there aren't, but you know, I think that they recognize whether they're in business or with the world, you know, that we're, we cannot get things any slower or any faster than anyone else. And so if, and we just try and say, okay, these are the companies that are able to keep up. Like if we can pick from these or pick in stock or, you know, you want what you want. So nobody likes to hear, wait for it. But if this is a decision on your house that you're going to live in for 20 years, if you have to wait six months, my advice is wait because you're not going to be happy if you go with the instant solution. And six months later, you'll look back and say, could I have done this or could I have done that? And you guys know very well in your renovation Mm -hmm. and everything that went on with your kitchen and the cabinets. And, you know, you guys had the confidence in me and the builder, and we said, you want to wait on this cabinet person, like we want to do it this way. And it it can be painful. The last, yep. it's like um, the last couple of miles of renovation, our clients, we walk up and like, we don't want to see you again. <laughs> we, we need you out of our house. We're tired of the dust, know. you know, but you get you. And then, but then a week or so after it's done, yeah. it's like, oh, come have drinks. We're so happy. We yeah. love it. Yeah. We're, we're, we come back in. We love you. But that's good that you guys recognize that. We do. Too, we know. You it. know, and it was so funny because, you know, so we went through a year of <laughs> renovations and it started with some sparkly paint in our butler's mm-hmm. pantry. Mm-hmm. And and then I looked at it and I was like, well, that doesn't match this. And then that doesn't match this. And then away we went. And we pretty much over a year, I think we almost built a house inside of our house. We did. We redid everything. Yeah. Um, but, but the process was amazing. And and how, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give some kudos and a lot of kudos, <laughs> but the the process that you were able to understand what we were looking for, understand that Nicole wanted three choices and <laughs> and the the choices were spot on and you and you brought it and you built it and you kind of learned what we were looking for. Yeah. The weird part about there's there's a couple things when we sat in the kitchen and you were like the the stove I mean the stove <laughs> isn't even centered. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. But I didn't know that. And then all of a sudden I knew that. Then you couldn't now, see it. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. It, it's not there, but, you know, and, and through that and sitting with the cabinet guy, um, with Dale, with, um, Covenant. Yes. And mm-hmm. it was, so we met him there and that was amazing and how everything was laid out and how you were talking about the measurements and how you guys were measuring things out and how it had to fit and it had to work. And it wasn't just going to a shop and giving the dimensions to the person there. And then they cut fillers and they put cabinets up and stuff like that. It was like an art. And I knew that it was an art there, but when it really turned into an art was in in our bathroom. And I remember, you know, we have so much trust in you guys and, and to see the builder that was there, the cabinet maker that was there in you and you guys were just sitting there and looking at the space and you knew kind of what we wanted and you made it happen and the the master bath is one of the our the the kitchen is amazing Mm -hmm. but then the master bath Mm -hmm. is is amazing and you know but working with you guys and you were talking about a team and the team that you guys work with the contractors it wasn't 
oh, we're going to choose our contractors and we're going to choose this. You were you were going to say we want a quality professional product and we trust the people that they bring in. And that's what we did. And we sat yeah. back and bar none. It was fantastic. Oh, and it was the experience, you, you yeah. know, uh, it was a roller coaster. Yeah. It was weird when, when I tell people that the kitchen part was easy. I mean, it I don't think it got to us till the master bath. Yeah. And then when you're trying to go to a meeting or you're running around, where's my belt and what is this? <sighs> but it is, you know, it is what it is. And, and like you said, you know, uh, I don't even think it took us two weeks. I think it was like a couple days and you were, we were like putting everything back in. It was all clean again. <laughs> it was it was all nice and everything. But you know, uh, we appreciate, we oh, appreciate the work. Well, and Thank you. But you see the work that you guys do in, in the running around, in the phone calls and the texts and the emails and the, this is delayed and that's delayed and this will be early and that's, yeah, it's there's, part of the process. There's a lot that goes into it that um, people don't see and, and it's our job to handle it. But I think that, that, I love hearing that because it's it's the end result and and when you're happy it's all worth it and mm-hmm. it's every meeting but when you surround yourself by people who are good at their craft whether it's the builder the cabinet maker the tile installer you know you want the fire and forget people you want to have the meeting and say okay we're going to put the tile guy in there and we know we're going to get exactly what we want we picked it but we're going to get what we want out of it. And so I respect that so much with the people around me mm-hmm. is to say, you know, okay, I don't have to worry about X, Y, Z, you know, with that. But um, the whole process with you guys and going through it, 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 it's a long process. And when we get into your bed, like the kitchen is bad. The kitchen is hard. When you get into someone's bedroom, it is really, really hard. And so, and for us, for the longest time, like with your project, just like everybody else's, we walk up to the front, we walk in, we, we don't ring the doorbell and we know where there's a key. And then the first time I always tell my clients, whether it's new construction or renovation, the first time that I have to walk up to the front door and ring the doorbell is actually a very sad day for me because it's been turned, like I've turned my baby over, Yeah, you know? And that's that I said, that's the telling moment for me is when I ring the front doorbell. And so I've had some clients I'll say, just come through the side door. We'll make you a key, (laughs) you know, and and it's nice. But I was like, it it, it is that moment where you say all this hard work and it's come and it's good, but you're sad to leave it. And you're sad to leave the relationship You're And, and we don't, we don't ever really leave our clients. Like, you know, they stay around, but but you're when you're used to working with someone or seeing someone every week and in constant contact, and then it slows down. You're like, gosh, I miss I miss working with them. I miss that. And so, you know, that's a that's a. Well, that was one thing that I really liked about it, and and other people, you know, that are are listening to this and thinking, you know, having people in your house, yeah. I knew them by name because they were the same people coming in. It wasn't a different crew. It wasn't different people. It was, these are the guys that are coming to do our floors. We're going away for a week. Have at it. Come and go in my house as you please. It was that level of trust that you guys brought to the table that allowed us to do that. And I mean, I never doubted you guys 
a minute. I never thought that something was going to happen for a second. It was, and that's a good feeling as the client to have. And it's a good feeling for you guys to have that you get that level of trust. It is. It is. And it's important. You want people to trust you and your decisions and your recommendations, but to trust you to walk in their home. And I, I will never forget, this has been a long time ago, I remember delivering an ottoman to a client's house. They both worked. And I walked in. They they gave me, left a key. I went in, delivered it, and there was plastic wrapped around it. And for whatever reason, I couldn't find my scissors. So I actually sent them a message. And I said, you know, the ottoman's in the family room. I didn't have my scissors, so I couldn't unwrap it. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sure everything is fine. And I remember she called me and she said, you could have gone in my kitchen. There are scissors in the kitchen drawer. And and I said, I would never look through your drawers. Like that, you know, if I'm entrusted, I'm coming and do one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to walk in your bathroom. I'm not going to walk up your stairs. I'm not going to bring my friend and show them your house. Like, so I think once people know we have those boundaries, like if this is what our task is, we're not going to walk like, especially like your, say your guest bedroom or Robert's room or Audrey's room. Like I never walked in there. I had no reason to walk in there until we did the bathrooms, you know? And so you have to respect that and know that it's still someone's home. It's a construction site in in the renovation and then construction sites, you have free reign, but there is a moment where everything shuts down and you, you ring the doorbell you take off yeah. your shoes, like you you no longer walk in there and do whatever you want to do. So yeah. it's it's interesting. So other than our house, mm-hmm. what what's your favorite project that you've ever been on? <laughs> like the one that you're like, one that it brought the most joy and maybe challenge or or whatever out of all of them, Gosh, except for ours. That's a really hard question. Um, you know. Probably the most joy comes from people who I've worked with on multiple houses because the fact that they went through a process and enjoyed it so much, they called me back for another one and knowing and things, you know, about their family or your relationships, like my longest standing, I'll call it my longest standing client right now is 22 years. I've done six houses for them all over the country in Washington, DC, California, here in North Carolina, Florida, and I've watched their kids grow up. I've watched their kids have kids. I've been a part, I've been lucky to be a part of that process, but it's just, that's where the satisfaction is, is that this person still likes my work, appreciates it, and asks me to come back, and every time they need something. So I would say that it there's gratification in all my projects mm-hmm. in different ways, but the ones there are two houses right now in Charlotte that I've done three times for three different owners. Didn't know each other. And and the history of these houses, you know, and I, I posted something on Instagram one time. I walked up to this one house in Myers Park and I said, hello, old friend. Like I built it with the builder, you know, in 2000, did it with the client who bought it and did it with the client and, and none of them knew each other. And it, w- it was just interesting how it yeah. happened. And I think that there's huge gratification in watching a house transform because you you build it or you make it and then someone else moves into it and has different needs and you change it. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I a recent project I'm working on, 
when I was going to meet the clients, they were interviewing different builders and I was going to go down and meet with them. And the client gave me her address and it was a condo downtown. And I said, that address sounds really familiar. I did a condo in that building. Well, it turned out that I did that condo seven years ago, a renovation, different clients, you know, in, in same builder that we worked with on your project. And I said to her, I said, I, I did your place. And it was like that instant connection. And then I had to qualify it with, but I remember they moved in and they didn't do this, this, and this, right? Because then you're like, oh, no. I was just thinking that. They want, to sh- they want to change yeah, this. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Uh, but I only helped them with a dining table or whatever it was. And so when I met with them, she felt an instant connection to me because she loved the place. And then I could fill her in on the history because they didn't understand why some of the choices were made that were made. And so I know they talk to other people, but you instantly feel like, what are the chances that you bought a condo that I did? And so it, it all, That's it, crazy. It, yeah. So, so I guess, yeah, they're all gratifying, but I think the read, when you somehow circle back to a property yeah. and you say, I'm going to do this again is very That's cool. cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Okay. So now I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm coming up with some cool things. Oh, so no. I've got a piece of paper here and I'm going to just rub my finger through and they're all awesome, fantastic questions. Okay. And we're going to do a couple of them. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready. Okay. I'm going to stop. Okay. Oh, this one's easy because mm. I'm doing it right now. If you could interview a famous person, who would you choose? Let me think. Ashley Stark. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's... So Stark Carpet Mm -hmm. is one of the biggest um, rug carpet manufacturers in the world. And she's family, and they've been in business very long. I can't even do it justice by telling you how many years. And um, she has taken that business to a new level because Stark Carpet, they... Whenever I mention Stark Carpet, people will say, oh, my gosh, that's so expensive. And they are very nice products, but Stark has, she's done a good job of bringing that company into a level where someone who might not have the same budget can still have a Stark product, but they've modified, it's modified manufacturing. And I love that because you, you can see the rug and architectural digest and it might be 35,000, but they can modify it and say, okay, but we can do it this way and it might be 12,000 or whatever the number is. And so she's really taken that company in a more user-friendly, like kept the integrity of it, but more user-friendly. And she, she loves beautiful things and she likes to put that out to the world. So she's, you know, and I love she's that. Young. I love that you picked that. Yeah. She's, she, you know, and she, I, I follow her on Instagram, but it's, Knowing what what a machine that company is and what they own and what they do and and I don't even know how old she is. I'm gonna guess she's in her early forties. It's a lot. And it, yeah. it and it's a lot. And I know I'm sure she has a lot of advisors, but she's been the face of it and she's taken over it. So I'd like to talk to her and just say how how do you do that on a global scale? Like we I understand like it. A, we could have a podcast. Yeah, that could exactly. be the next one. Exactly. I can invite her. All right. Exactly. I'm okay. down with that. There you that go. would be fun. There you go. Okay. And I respect that person that you chose. I, okay. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. 
What is the next <laughs> one? I'm going to do one on the second page because I don't even know. Um, oh. What's your worst habit? Ooh. Mm. You know what? My worst habit is repeating myself. So, so when I meet with clients, if I say, you know, I, I think that you should paint this room a dark color because of X, Y, Z, and they will look at me and they'll say, okay. And I will literally say the same thing as if they hadn't heard it. And I don't know if I'm trying to convince them or myself, I think it, but then I feel the need to say it. And sometimes I'm like, I literally said the exact same thing. Like they're probably looking at me like, okay, like what's going on? So I'd say that's my worst habit is, is maybe talking too much. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. That's why (laughs) we keep you at the house for hours on end. (laughs) Um, Okay. Third one, Mm -hmm. final one. It's going to be good. Be good. Um, Oh no! Well, I'll, I can tell I'll, by your face. I'll do this one. Um, so okay, no, I'm gonna go. With, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the original. So, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Work-wise? No, no. It can be personal. <laughs> the work-wise is blah, boring. Personal is the fun stuff. Personally, stupidest thing you've ever stupidest done. thing I've ever done. Hold I, my beer. Okay. Uh, I actually told this story recently. So when I was younger, I was at a gas station with my dad and he was filling up his car and I was sitting in the passenger seat and we were talking and I thought I, he had like a red Audi, something like super sporty, like really, really cool. And I thought I must've been maybe 16, thought I was the coolest thing ever. Right. And so I saw some kids drive by and I was like, oh, I'm so cool. You know, I'm in this car. And so I put, if you imagine, I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I put my right hand up on top of the door frame. Like, oh, you know, I'm so carefree sitting in this. And my dad got in the car and said, okay, let's go. I take my left hand across my body to grab the door and close it. While my right hand's on the top of the door frame, and I close the door <laughs> right into your hand. On my hand, and the worst part was it closed, like it in my fingers. I was like sitting there, and he's looking at me like, "What are you doing?" And I'm trying to be really cool, and of course, you instantly start sweating. Yeah. And I opened the door, and I looked at my hand, and my fingers were bent backwards, and I was oh. like. Oh my gosh. And he's like, what are you doing? And to this day, like, it, fortunately they didn't break, but I remember that like it was yesterday. I'm like, that was so dumb. <laughs> like I actually worked across my body to injure myself. Like it wasn't yeah. even easy to grab the door from the left side, but I did it. Oh my God. So yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah. If I could think about it, I probably could give you a whole lot of other stories, but that is probably one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Oh my God. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. So how do people find you? So our website is crowndesigngroupofnc.com. Our Instagram is at crowndesigngroupofnc. And um, yeah, so look for us on the web. Look for us on Instagram. Our office contact, everything's in there. We'd love to hear from anybody. Yeah, and reach out to me too. Yeah, exactly. And I'll send you their way also. Thank you. So thank you. you. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. So, all right. Appreciate it. See ya. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. 
You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.